seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live radio contact. week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hi, Rob. You okay? Looking forward to the show talking all things Salford Red Devils after missing last week? Yeah, I missed it last week. I was a bit, you threw me a bit last week, Rob, with no show. It's uh, glad to be back this week and I'm really looking forward to Friday night, you know, kickstart, kickstart the season now with four games to go. It's a uh, Exciting, now we're building up to the game. Yeah, I had a holiday in Anglesey, but wife booked a caravan in the middle of nowhere, no signal, no internet. Nice to get away from, uh, you know, the stresses and strains of Salford Red Devils and all the fun that comes with it, but, you know, nice time away for the family, managed to reset the old, uh, you know, buttons and uh, good to go this week, talking all things Salford Red Devils again. Also joins on the show, we've got Andrew Ashton from the Red Zapparel, all right, Andy? You're right, uh, Rob, you're right, Paul. Hey, mate. Good, looking forward to talking all things Salford Red Devils with us and talking about Red Zapparel and all the stuff you're producing. Yes, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the weekend as well and uh, got an offer for the uh, Salford fans that listen to uh, the Devil in the Detail as well. Yeah, stay, stay, stay tuned for that. Andy's going to tell us all about that, hi Andy. So what else have we got on the show this week, Paul? Yeah, we've got a review of the Wigan game, which seems an absolute age ago now, even though it was only two weeks ago. We've got interviews from that match from Craig Cop, Jack Morgan, Tonkins and Niall Evels. They give us their views on a disappointing defeat. We've got Ian Watson in Coach's Corner. We've got the news, the amateur report and a preview of this Friday's game against Wakefield. Cool. So what we'll do, we'll look back at that defeat against Wigan last week. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Red Devils travelled to Wigan Warriors on Friday, Paul, and went down 42 points to six. Big defeat against Wigan. Team in form, looking forward to the cup final, and uh, we got hammered. Yeah, we did, Rob. Yeah, <coughs> it was an hammering as well. I think we were second best one we, from, from Whistle One, and as Ian Watson said, it wasn't good enough, was it, at all? A few bit of credit, Wigan, though, I thought they played really well. and one um, crumb of comfort I got from it was when Sean Waiter in the press conference that's the best that we can have played for a couple of years and, you know if uh, you know obviously Sean Wayne's watching more Wigan games than I watch so if you bring to say that I mean um, that was something that I clung on to on the way home but um, it was it was, a, it was a big defeat and you know we got a credit Wigan they, they could have uh, gone into the shelf you know they'd be in the Challenge Cup final but they didn't they all came out and they played like they were playing for places in that Cup final team Yeah um, Ian Watson kind of jiggled his team around uh, with lots of injuries and stuff still hanging about uh, what did he come up with Paul? Yeah he did do well he brought Michael Dobson and Michael Dobson wasn't in the original 19 man squad but Robert Lewis picked up a back a bit of a back injury and I think it was the, the day before after the captain run so he had to jiggle things around there but we started with nine levels of full back Greg Johnson Josh Jones Jeep would be man who back to back Todd Carney and Michael Dobson the half backs Adam Ward Logan Tompkins Ozzy Krasnicki Ryan Lennon, Tyrone McCarthy and Wella Haraki was loose forward on the bench was Gareth O'Brien, Craig Kopchak, George Griffin and Chris Bryan. Yeah, I think what it is for me, Paul, Wigan kind of bust us down the middle a bit, didn't they? 
their big forwards yeah. made big meters and unfortunately like I say with our forward pack you know a few injuries weren't they were missing a few uh, big players and you know we were caught uh, short a few times down the middle we were caught short yeah you, Matt Flanagan is a big miss Lee Mossop is a big miss Lama Taz is a big miss they're, they're a big a big old lot of your pack those, I know Lee Mossop's been out for a while now hasn't he? but you know Junior Sal wasn't playing as well whether that's injury or loss of form I'm not too sure I'm like, well, I think Junior is ready to, to play now so I would, would have thought we'd see him come back in soon, but uh, but yeah, you're missing and Ben Burnham, still as I forgot to mention Ben, you're missing him. So there's there, and therefore he's probably they're probably your biggest four players, aren't they? Your, your biggest four goal forward players. Um, so you know, there's, there's youngsters in there who are doing doing a bit of work. So that's a Brian Lennon, Chris Bryan, and Adam Moore coming in, and Ozzy Krasniki. You know, they're not the most experienced players in the world, and I think he showed a bit on on Friday night against last Friday, sorry, against against Wigan. And you look at their side, they. They seem to be hitting form at the right time, don't they? And they sort of got all their injured players back all at once, whereas we, we're sort of going the other way, aren't we, at the moment? So uh, it was a struggle, it really was. But I thought Wigan were excellent. I thought, well, um, Sam Tompkins was good for Wigan, and he, he sort of, um, probably the best I've seen him play for, for a while. And you know, the halfbacks as well, George Williams and Michael McClure, and Hooker, they, they bossed the game, really, didn't they? And they were quick at, at dummy half. I thought our markers were, were poor at uh, points in the game. and he just wasn't one of them nights. We made an awful lot of mistakes as well. We dropped a lot of ball and the, the completion rate was very poor. And we just seemed to keep inviting Wigan back in and silly penalties we give away as well. And you can't afford to do that when you get to the ground, like, you know, especially away from home against teams like Wigan because you're just giving them a leg up, aren't you? And I thought we did that from sort of, you know, we came out the first couple of minutes, we didn't look too bad, but after that, you know, we got that first try with backs against the wall, really. Yeah, I think the silly penalties killed us, Paul. We counted three or four, didn't we, where. We turned over yeah. some ball and or gave a silly penalty away and we went up the other end and Super League, Super 8 sort of playoff games, you can't afford to do that. And that's and I suppose it's a learning curve in it for the players they know uh, now that you know you can't do that and I'm sure they'll they'll be better for it. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I mean Ian Watson said a few times last week something about learning lessons and things like that and I know when I, when we spoke to you spoke to Logan, didn't you, after the game and um, I spoke to copy and they, they were very disappointed in the players and I think this week off that they've had I think we'll, we'll do the world of good you know I've been sort of they've had, they've had 14 days rest won't we for, for the Wigan game to the Wakefield game and I think that's what they needed I think they needed to regroup I think they've had a few sort of bonding sessions haven't they, they you know, gone out, I think they went goal kind the other day and things like that and I know it sounds funny that you know a bit trivial but sometimes things like that can, can bring you together can't they and give you that sort of break take your minds off it and for one thing I think they needed the body language is poor, I thought, before the game against Wigan. They looked beaten before they went out. And I think you need to get that smile back on your face. You know, Copy said that. You need to get that back, that confidence back and sort of that, that hunger back, really. And we've got the ideal opportunity now with two home games against Wakefield and Huddersfield to, to get that back and get that momentum back in. And win, the, win both those games, Robin. We are, we are still in with a massive chance of finishing in our top four. Yeah, it's not the end of the world, Paul. Yeah, we've, we've still got games to come, and I'm sure these two weeks, you know, regenerates the batteries, you get away from, you know, playing games every week, a people able to focus their mind out there and go again, because basically, two big efforts, three big efforts in the next few weeks, we could find ourselves in a, in a semi-final. Definitely, definitely, yeah, I think, I said before about not doing the math, and I'm not one for, for saying, oh, we need to win three out of four, you need to win all four of them, you know, we approach these games, but if we can beat Wakefield or Huddersfield, the next two of I know it's a massive if and you can't take anything for granted, but if you could win both those, 
you could be going to Headingley there, and that game could be a cup final for us, a massive game. It's a huge game going to Headingley anyway with our, with our record there, but we could go there on the back of two two victories. The confidence would really be flowing then. It was unlucky there early in the season, what? so you get there and take a big army of supporters, win that one. You've got a game against St. Ellen's then where, you know, in theory, you might have to win that to finish in the, in the top four, then you've got a semi-final for the grand final. I know he's paying this guy and you, you're sort of getting ahead of yourself. Let's just take one game as it comes because Wakefield will be very tough to beat. You know, we've had three games against Wakefield already this season, haven't we? And we'll probably go on to talk about Wakefield later on in the preview, but they're a good side out there on the day and um, they're a good win against Leeds. So, But yeah, the, the Wigan game, let's just put that to bed now because it was a tough night and it was a night to forget really, I thought. Yeah, we spoke to Nia Levels, Craig Kopchak and Logan Tomlins after the game and this is what they had. Craig Kopchak, disappointing result tonight. Can you put your finger on where things went wrong? Um, just, you know, yeah, lapses of concentration. Um, some people's attitudes were there and others wasn't. It was just, you know, just a, a really down performance. We've, we've set some really high standards um, in our camp and, you know, we're just not there at the moment. How frustrating is it you for, as a player or being on this, this, this losing streak? Oh, it's, yeah, it's, no one wants to be here. Every, everyone wants to win. Everyone in the dressing room there clearly wants to win. Um, just when you're in these, you know, slumps, as they say, and it's just hard to get out of. Um, but, you know, we'll find a way. We've got we've got two weeks now, freshen our bodies up and, um, you know, get ready to kick on for this next part, which is still there. We're still optimistic, you know, to making it. So How important is that rest for you? And I've just spoke to Ian and we were saying we were saying that on our podcast in the week that you guys haven't really had a rest this season. You played in a prelim round against Toronto, so it's been yeah. rugby, top-class rugby every week. Plus yeah. the three games you've just started in the Super 8s, you played the top three sides, haven't you, on form. So this week's going to be, be big for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, like I say, yeah, we've just spoke about that, actually. Um, you know, with not many of us have been in this situation, it's it's very new for the club as well. In this situation, um, you know, it's time now for this little break, freshen our bodies up. Like I said, we've played more or less every game, so the two home games and after the after yeah, the break. that's what I mean. We get the, get the fans down, get the place buzzing again, get that one victory, and then I'm telling you, we'll. You know, we'll we'll start kicking on again. We'll get the buzz back. Well, looking at the scores tonight, I was just chatting to Ian, and St. Helens got beat tonight, so he's not not lost yet. And I don't think Ian's going to give up until it's mathematically no, no, possible. That we, top four is still there. For yeah, yeah, we've we said that in the chain rooms. Um, we're still optimistic. Like I said, we just need to get out of this bit of a slump that we're in. Uh, teams go through these tough periods. Still, it, we harp on about it, but it, it is a learning curve for a lot of people here. You know, we've not been in this top flight before, <coughs> so it's, it's, it is new for a lot of people. And uh, you know the group will get stronger. Um, just got to be able to keep the faith, keep going. Like I said, once we've had this break, we'll kick on. Yeah, we were just also looking at the players that were out. It was tough for you down the middle tonight. Mm. If you look at the sort of the talent that was in the in the crowd tonight, <coughs> not playing you like yeah. Ben Bird at Masillas and Lamasazes, you had to do like big minutes. You and the lads there, didn't you? Yeah. Backs of Olsey Crescent, you can yourself, and it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, Especially against Wigan's yeah. pack. Definitely, like, and they're, they're they're peaking at the right time as well. Yeah. So, like I say, we've we've it's a new place for us. Um, the, the break will do us a world of good. Get some smiles back on faces, freshen up. And, you know, we'll, you'll see a different Salford side in this uh, next period. Get the fans down at home, get a bus back, get it packed out. You know, and get behind the boys, and you know, we'll finish really strong the season. Well, I'm really looking forward to that Wakefield game. Yeah. Thanks for uh, chatting to us tonight, Craig, and enjoy your week off. Cheers, Best of the rest of the season, yeah, mate. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, mate. So I'm joined by uh, Logan Tompkins. Tough defeat, that. 
yeah, a uh, bit sickening to be honest. We had everything to play for. It, it, it's not, you know, the game wasn't definitely for a semi-final spot, but it, it's close to it. Uh, you know, we had no lack of motivation for tonight. We, we've not got that excuse, uh, but we just didn't perform. So it's, you know, it's a tough one to take. But uh, we'll have a bit of, you know, we'll, we'll freshen up and we'll look at it when we're not running high in emotions. Yeah, week off this week now. Chance, chance, chance to recharge the batteries and and go again for the next, la next last few games. Yeah, it'll be a week off, but it, <clears throat> you know, it won't be a week off working. Uh, we've got a lot of things to work on, not necessarily fitness-wise. Uh, not saying we're going to get flogged, but. Uh, you know, we're, we're quite a fit team anyway, but we just punish ourselves and, uh, you know, we'll look at that in video, we'll see technically where we're, you know, where we're falling, uh, how we're not playing the game, you know, cleverly and uh, we'll, you know, we'll try and see, we'll try and, you know, pull pull it apart and see where we're going wrong because uh, <clears throat> it's not necessarily a lack of effort, it's just something's not, it wasn't right for us uh, and, you know, the lads are trying hard, but so we'll look at it and we'll see where we need to go from there. Cheers, big, th big thanks to Oxford and Devon the detail. Thank you, pal. Cheers, mate, thanks. So I'm joined by Nia Levels. Tough defeat, that. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, quality Wigan cider against tonight. And uh, like I said, these last last few weeks, things haven't been going right for us in his performances. And, we, you know, we've, we've got a bit of time off now to, to relax and recover and hopefully give up for that back into the season now. So a big, real big push. Get the fans behind us and let's, let's get some wins. Yeah, I suppose you've uh, been through a bit of a tough period, haven't we, the last few games. Can you put your finger on what you think's going wrong? Uh, no, not really. You know, it's just a probably need to get back to doing what, what we're doing at the beginning of the season. It's this stage of the season, everyone's tired, everyone's feeling it. So, um, like I said, we've got a week off now to recover, uh, get a bit away from rugby and... Uh, Hopefully that'll serve us right and we can, you know, give up for a week game. Yeah, looking forward to the Wakefield game, next home game. Uh, like you said, the crowd behind you, we win that. You know, momentum will start again, won't it? Yeah, well, Wiki are one of those teams going for that fourth spot along with us, so it's it's a huge game, really, um, especially at home. Um, you know, if we have as fans behind us, um, yeah, we're hopeful for a real big performance and uh, get this season back on track. Cheers, big thanks to us in the Devon Detail. Cheers, mate. So... That was Nia Levels, Craig Kotchak and Logan Tompkins talking to us after the Wigan game, Paul. All three fired up to make a difference against Wakefield this week. Yeah, they were, yeah. They weren't taking that defeat lightly, was it? They were, they were annoyed, I think they were disappointed. And, um, and yeah, I think rightly so. I thought it was a very disappointing defeat, especially when we, we've, we've done so well this season. I mean, I didn't expect a 42-6, I think. That was a disappointing night, and it was disappointing for the supporters. And obviously, as a player, that's going to hurt you. So I think they'll, they'll be desperate to to, to come out and, and, and show people what they can do against Wakefield. Yeah, looking at the stats, uh, Paul, uh, top tacklers Ryan Lannan with forty, Elsie Krasnicki with thirty-eight, uh, Chris Browning with thirty. Um, forwards making a lot of tackles. Well, they had to do, didn't they? We're going to a lot of balls, didn't they? It was one-way traffic, really. Wasn't it? I mean, when we did have the ball, we we turned a lot of possession over, didn't we? We made a lot of mistakes. I thought we were poor. Kicking game was poor, wasn't it? We, it was just one of them nights when everything seemed to go wrong, really, didn't we? We had the ball and we didn't do ourselves any favours, like we said before, giving penalty, silly penalties away. It was just uh, a night to, to forget, really. And, you know, I think a lot of things Wigan did sort of went right for them, didn't it? Things seemed to click for them. And uh, oh, I thought we was very poor. I thought we was poor at marker. A few times where we, we weren't tight there, they made a lot of cheap yards from Marky or Matt McClure going through it. The defence, for me, 
we sort of hung back and waited for Wigan. And rather than sort of moving up and getting in their faces, you give them an awful lot of room and you can't afford to give a team like Wigan room because they'll just get on top of you, especially with the forwards you've got missing as well. That's where I thought they won the game. They bust us up the middle and then obviously they had the, the field position to, to do the damage to score the points. Yeah, I suppose it comes with confidence that Paul. If you're running low on confidence, you know, things don't particularly work well, you know, sometimes works against you, don't it, in a way. And we're going to top side, yeah. aren't they, Paul? So, you know, they, they knew what to do in this playoff situation and we just weren't able to deal with it. Um, look at the stats as well. The meter makers, uh, Mane, Batai, Batau, uh, 100 meters made. Olsen Kresnigo, 105. Um, Tyrell McCarthy, 75. Greg Johnson with 90. So normally, I'd say you find t- t- three or four or five people get over 100 metres and that was kind of the story of the night, really. We didn't make any big inroads, did we, into the Wigan uh, defence? No, that was down to the lack of possession. I think Rob, we didn't have a lot of ball, did we? And when we did, we coughed it up, we made mistakes. It was a, the weather-wise, it was a decent night, really, wasn't it? In the, the second half, he chucked it down before the game, but he probably didn't greasy, wasn't it? But, um, yeah, we, we seemed to make mistakes and... I don't know, the, the Todd Kearney Michael Dobson partnership didn't seem to work, but I don't think you can sort of blame the halfbacks for the, for the performance. The forwards didn't really lay a platform, did they? They didn't, didn't muscle up uh, in terms of the Wigan pack. Wigan sort of dominated us, and I think that's what showed for me more than anything was the, the lack of confidence. You look at the confidence of Salford at the moment, and it's rock bottom, isn't it? We are probably the lowest confident team in the Super League at the moment. We're on form, but we're the worst side, aren't we, at the moment, and that confidence is completely gone. I mean, I'm not being too harsh, and I think, I think I'm right in saying that we are very low on confidence. And that confidence has got to come back from somewhere, haven't we? We've, we've got to win a game and get that confidence back. So I think going into this Wakefield game, I think, I think we're a desperate side, aren't we? And, you know, sometimes desperate sides can be dangerous, so I'm just hoping that that comes to fruition on, on Friday and we, we sort of wallop Wakefield. Yeah, we spoke to Ian Watson after the game, Paul, and this is what he had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. Right, Ian Watson. Another defeat. It seems to be regular these chats we're having, but yeah. what did you put that down to tonight? Disappointing, but yeah, tough we, night. We, we weren't good enough tonight. We weren't good enough full stop. Um, I thought Wigan were, were very, very good and we weren't at the races kind of effort. We started, we started quite well, um, but then just their middles overrun us, to be fair. Um, we just couldn't get a foothold and they were just playing too quick for us and then they were just picking us off, really. We weren't doing anything special. They just picked us off with sheer speed and power down the middle. Is there anything you can take out of that game positive-wise or is it one of them you really write off and move on? Yeah. No, I think we'll, we'll learn from it. We'll learn from um, how physically dominant Wigan were as well. And like I say, we, we look at the things what I just said in the press conference there as well is, well, yeah, we've had a... We've not had a break all year. We've played a week, but I'd have, I'd have rather done that anyway and been playing in semi-finals. And I'd rather not be playing. I'd, I'd be playing next week, sorry, in the Challenge Cup final as well and putting us under the pump that way. Um, it's something for us to learn, learn as a, a, a kind of a team, as a as a coach um, and as a club. Really, that we're, we're playing at a high elite level now, and um, any small kind of disadvantage in ability in your squad's kind of um, taken out really, and then you're punished on the back. End of that. You probably played the three on form sides every three weeks yeah. in the whole castle for the Wigan, and they're, yeah. they're all sort of in form at the right sort of time and catching them, aren't they? Really? Yeah. They're pretty healthy as well yeah. in, in the squads, yeah. to be fair, which massively helps. Like I say, you, you don't you don't see it until you're actually playing it, but this is a, this is a different level what they're the playing now, and um, it's 
something for us as a group that we, we want to be in these games all the time and we want to consistently be, be better at the one thing we can always make sure that's good is our effort mm. to have a little dig in there and make sure that we, we cause the team a problem and generally when we've got that effort from 1 to 17 um, we're good and we'll compete the, the big thing for us is we have a couple of players off there was a few again today who, who were off uh, whether that's because they're physically done or they're mentally struggling at the moment um, that's for us to kind of figure out over the next few oh, days Do you think that week rest next week for the Cup's going to do you good? I think it's going to be massive for us to be honest with you mate Because you've got two home games then after that as well and I mean look at the table now tonight yeah. so some supporters might be a bit down out but that top four still on two, three home games out of the last four The big thing for us it's dead easy when, when you're losing to be negative the big thing for me is where would you rather be? Would you rather yeah. be sat where we're be or would you rather be sat where Lee and Catalan are now or are you looking towards a million paying game where we were last year because mate, we, we front loaded I won't lie we front loaded what we did this year to make sure that we was nowhere near that million pound game and I know as a, as a supporter of Canada club and stuff like that I didn't want to be in that million pound game again I'll have a good promotion it was I didn't want to be in there again because it's not a nice place to be um, so we did we front loaded whether that's we've physically and mentally spent a few players I'd have rather done that and be sat where we are now because at the end of the day we're still in the hunt on the back of what we did last season we're still in the hunt we're still what we need to be is positive rather than be negative and say oh you're on a losing run it's what you call it the season balance out I, I, I wouldn't know I don't know what the wins and losses but I bet they balance out somewhere along the line and if you ask um, Warrington Lee Catalan all them to swap Huddersfield if they want to swap a place not, they'd swap with us because they'd want to be where we, we are so and that's because of credit to what we've done so yeah we've been on a little losing streak it's easy to be negative be positive on the fact that we are where we are and, and we've still got a chance to be in the hunt to be in a semi-final of the a grand final slot really and I think we're doing it tough as well I noticed uh, before the game the, 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 the sort of the talent that was sat in the crowd there and you, you lost Robert Louis late in the week as well I think you're sort of being a bit unlucky at the moment with injuries aren't we <laughs> I say every club does, but uh, most clubs have kind of got Not there. as many as us yeah. at the moment. The, the big thing for us is we're a small squad. Yeah. We're a small squad. We, we can't, we won't argue that and we won't uh, make any excuses for that. We are a small squad and the, the quality is uh, varies between our players. You look at Ali Mossop, whose quality is like right up there at this high elite level. And then you've got some of our younger players, Dizzy, who's just starting out in the game and just starting to learn. And he's, he's probably played a few more games than he possibly um, should have done this year, to be fair. But I say, hit he'll be better for that we'll be better for that as a group as well the one thing we are as a group is we are sick of losing at the moment and we want to turn that around so this week off might help us just refocus and might help us kind of freshen up a little bit definitely you attack that Wakefield game the week after that then that becomes a must win game for you then and Huddersfield yeah. the week after but there's still a chance aren't there massively mate like I say, we're still in the hunt. It's, um, it's something to be positive about as well. The fact that we, we've kind of had this run. Because if any other team would have had this run earlier, and before, you'd be out, you'd be what's you'd be struggling, bottom end of the, the, the table and playing million pound games. What we need to be is kind of positive that we've had a massive progression this year and we're still in the hunt to try and do something now. So this week off needs to really help us for freshen up and be smart about what we do. I know your mentality as well. You're not going to give up that top four until it's mathematically impossible. Are you going to go and try and win every single game? Yeah, we, we speak quite all the time. We don't quit. Um, that's one thing we've tried to drill in here since we come. We don't quit and we don't give up on each other and we don't give up on any kind of cause. So it's like, you see down when Burgess has kicked the ball there and we've got two or three of our guys, Niall, um, John O all chasing back chasing look they might not get there but they watch it they're chasing back and they're busting themselves to make sure that they turn up for the team we won't quit and I, I will not ever quit on something like this and when there's, a, there's something there for you you've got to go for it and try and grasp it as well and that's the mentality that we have as a club now well best of luck for Wakefield enjoy your week off Ian and I hope uh, you have a good week yeah. cheers Paul thanks cheers, mate. mate cheers mate
that was Ian Watson talking after the defeat against Wigan, Paul, and he was he come out firing, didn't he? Yeah, he certainly did. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, um, it's a pleasure to, to speak to Ian Watson after, after the games, and he always he always very passionate, and I, I felt a bit sorry for him after the weekend came out. I really did because he, he did come out fighting, and I don't think he's got anything to sort of. I don't know. If people are saying he's under pressure, and that and. To me, he was sort of justifying his position, and I don't think he needs to do that. I think he's doing a great job, and the passion in his eyes is, is unbelievable. And he, he really wants to do well. He really wants to win these next few games. Now I know that, and he'll have us ready for that Wakefield game. But I think there'll be a response from that game. But you can't. I don't think you can lay the blame at his door for for what's been going on. And I don't think you can lay the blame at his door for the, the defeat against against Wigan. The players went out there and were good enough to perform, and I think they, they sort of. They owe it to Ian now to, to come back. I think they let him down a bit on, on that Friday against Wigan. But yeah, Ian's come out fighting, and I'm sure he'll have us fired up for Wakefield. Yeah, I don't think he's under pressure, Paul. The the the, the plan was getting the top eight. He got us in the top four. Yeah, he got us in the well, semi-final. I, I don't think he's under pressure at all. No, I think certain supporters are trying to put him under pressure. I mean, I've seen all sorts of stuff and Twitter and things like that, and, and you read stuff as well, Rob. And, People have said stuff on there, and I think some of it's uncalled for. But people have got opinions, out and they've got to say it's the nature of the job. Um, I'm not sort of castigating him, saying don't say that. But in my opinion, I don't think he should be. I think he's doing a great job. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. I think he's doing a great job. Um, built what he's got. You know, this season's been great, and he knows because we spoke to him about it. He's, he's talked about you know front loading and. You know, he yeah, was honest about, about that. that. He was upfront yeah, about that one. Definitely. And, and he, know, he, know, he knows, as a soul, because he's, 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 the, the coach sort of mass slips like they didn't halfway through the interview where he talked about you know, where, you know, where the club needs to go. And um, for, for me, it's, it's a good thing that we've got him as coach because he is like a fan as well as a, a coach for us. And he knows what needs to happen to, for, for the club to move forward. Yeah, the club means a lot to him, doesn't it? He's, he's been involved with it before, he's a local guy. He's, He's got the club's interest at heart, hasn't he? And, and, um, you know, I thought it, it, it was a funny interview, that, because he, he did, he, he came across it a bit like, you could see he cares. I think Ian Watson cares a lot. I mean, I'm not saying other coaches don't care, but he thinks a lot of Salford, doesn't he? And this, this job means a lot to him, and, and leading, you know, Salford means a lot to him as well. And I think he's hurting, Rob. I think he's, he's been hurt the last few weeks. I mean, we're on a, a run of, of defeats now, aren't we? And, you know, let's, let's say it right, you know, coaches lose games and, and sometimes they, they are under pressure, aren't they, to, to perform and I'm not saying he's under pressure from us and I'm not saying he's under pressure from Mao and Kim Cash or Ian Blaise or whatever, but there'll always be a section of supporters that that'll sort of question someone when, when you go on a bad run like this and I think there has been out there and I think it's uncalled for pressure really because for a lot of factors that, that go into that and um, like I said before, I'm sure Ian will come out fighting and he'll have us prepare for the Wakefield game. Yeah, look, a big thanks for everyone who gave the three-word match reports and man of the matches. Um, Tracy says, where's our spirit? Uh, and then man of the match for the tri-scorer, Evels. I suppose with confidence, Paul, you know, that's the, that's the main problem, really, after so many defeats in a row. You know, confidence dips, doesn't it? Of course it does, yeah, confidence has gone. I think confidence and support has gone as well. I mean, if you'd have asked supporters, sort of, when we played Wigan away in May, we went to that game, didn't we? And I wouldn't say we were a lot of favourites, but people were a lot more optimistic then going to, to the DW Stadium than they were a couple of weeks ago when we went. So that that sort of belief has got. I mean, you just look back to the, the Warrington game in, in May when we when we stuffed Warrington away, 38-12, I think it was. And after that game, me and you were absolutely flying, weren't we? 
anything seemed possible, didn't it? Whereas now, you look two months later, your, your attitude and your, your belief has sort of changed, hasn't it? And I think that's that's rubbed off on the players as well. I think don't think they believe that anymore, do they? At the moment, anyway. So um, so yeah, that that confidence has gone, and you can call it desire, you can call it whatever. But I think the main thing is it's sort of confidence and, and self belief, really. Yeah, uh, Colin Reynolds eight plays guaranteed. Paul Burnett team not bothered. Um, Matt Gurray uh, learning from this. Uh, I suppose it is a learning curve, Paul, for for the players and the uh, Ian Watson his coaches staff this uh, Super Eight playoffs. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think you keep saying the same thing every week. I don't think you keep saying yeah we, we're learning from this. I think supporters don't want to hear that. You know, it's, it's learning, and it is, but people don't want to really say that, I suppose, and I think that's what winds people up sometimes, but it is a learning curve, isn't it? Like I said to you, we're playing teams now that are on top of the game, aren't they? Wigan and, and these sort of sides, they've been up there, the Super League's, what, 20 years old now, and they've been, they've had this playoff for so many years, haven't they? But they've been there or thereabouts every year, haven't they? they sort of engineered for this, aren't they? Whereas we haven't been. And don't forget, we've not got the biggest squad ever. And I'm not making excuses for them at all because I was disappointed in the Wigan defeat. But these other sides have been there before, and, and they know know how to operate. I think you know, us as a club finishing the top eight this season, it's like you said, it's a change of culture, isn't it? You've got to get in the top eight, and then you've got to make progress. Haven't you? So if we make progress next year and finish fifth or sixth after the after whatever, or it depends when we finish this season yet. Yeah, but we've got to make progress. And I think you know the main thing is we are doing. Yeah, and that's that's all that matters, Paul. We we need to keep moving forward as a club both on and off the field and you know, I think it's a big big thing for me, this uh super eight. It's a culture change, Rob, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is a culture change. We've been so used to mediocrity, so let's have it right for the last thirty well last forty years, haven't we, really? Uh, especially my time and your time of watching it. It's, it's been sort of a good cup run and maybe and I mean how many top of half finishes have we had over the last sort of twenty years? I mean we've not had many so we've got two or three, so because to finish this high up the table, it is a culture change, and you know that is a learning, learning curve in itself. So of course, if we can do this on a consistent basis, then you go in the right direction. Yeah. So uh, we had a few more uh, from David and from Harvey, Andrew Dixon, uh, Ryan James, all kind of like similar normal service resume, which I suppose it kind of is if we're looking back at old sofa. But we want to move forward, don't we, Paul? So this can't be normal. We need to keep get back to what it was before the beginning of this season where we were flying and playing well yeah well, I suppose when you've been to to Wigan that many times I've seen seen them defeats I mean I've seen some bad defeats there I was looking at an old league express actually from 2001 I found it at my dad's and we lost there by 70 points to 4 I remember that night and it was terrible and um, so the, the 42 didn't seem that bad but yeah I think if you've been a supporter that's been going for a while Sometimes that phrase comes out that like, you know back to square one. You've know, seen it all before. Normal service has been resumed, but it's about how you react to it. You can feel sorry for yourself, can't you? Know, upon about it, but you've just got a lot of the players are going to use this now as a motivation and, and refresh themselves, recharge the batteries, and, and it the Wakefield game because, like Ian said, all's oh, not lost yet. Is it? You can you can sit there and talk about that winning game, but you can make a difference to beat Wakefield and put yourself right back in the chance to finish your yeah, who was your uh, man of the match, Paul? Have you got one? Um, I didn't write one down, to be honest. I, I, to be honest, I thought it was Niall Levels for the other night. I remember saying to you, I think, on, on the way out of the ground, I thought Niall tried really hard and 
it was a disappointment. It wasn't a night where you could say, oh, she's going to get a great day because it wasn't. Nothing seemed to go right, did it? I mean, there's, there's a few lads in the forwards who worked hard. I thought Ryan Lannan worked hard, but I thought Niall looked dangerous when he had the ball and he, he worked hard in defence as well, so I'd give it to Niall. Me, I'm going to go for Krizniki. Second top tackler, top metre maker, worked hard. Over seven and a half metres again per tackle. Works out every week. He's an unsung hero, Rob, yeah. Mm, so I'm going to give it in this week for, for the man of the match. So that was the review of the, of the uh, Wigan defeat. Uh, and now let's look at all the news coming out of the club uh, this week. So here's the news coming out of Soul for Red Devils this week. Uh, the club have put out uh, offers. Um, for free junior tickets for any tickets in the south stand purchased by adults you get a free one Paul it's been a good offer that I think yeah it certainly has yeah that's a great offer that you know hopefully we can get lots of lots of children down there lots of kids and that you know with the, the mums and dads on Friday night and create a really special atmosphere I mean if you look at the atmosphere we had against Catalan in that home game I think it was over the back end of May when it started June and it was a great night, that great atmosphere. Obviously, we raised a lot of money for for a really serious, you know, cause. Wasn't it that you know the bombing a really terrible sort of thing, but we turned it into a good thing on the night, didn't we? So, if we can get that sort of buzz for this game against Wakefield, I think we can get a really good crowd, and that's a great offer. That you know, uh, what is it for kids? I think it's a couple of quid in it to get in. It's about yeah. ten or something. So, actually, you're saving a bit there. Say if you bring a few kids with you, so uh, you're saving a bit. So, yeah, so we can get a really good atmosphere on Friday night. Yeah, offer finished on Monday, Paul, but I'm I'm sure. The club will have something else planned building up to this game because obviously the ticket offer which departed was fantastic but a week out we need a bit more you know coming forward don't we towards the game on Friday yeah well especially with us having that week off for the, for the Challenge Cup I mean it needed something to build there over over the last week or so so I think the club have gone early with that so hopefully we've, we've sold a few I mean I don't know the figures or anything but with a bit of luck we'll have sold a few now but obviously this week now we've got sort of a couple of days before the game now you, you would hope we'd be really marketing this game now because it's a massive game isn't it? again the could propel us back into Sort of, a, sort of a real challenge for that top four so it's going to be a special night on Friday and let's just hope the club have, have done the marketing done their own work and uh, we, can, we can make a really great atmosphere and a, and a great night Yeah, four days Paul I think to get the fan ban out yeah. uh, posters out maybe a big sign somewhere um, you know this, this is an important game for us this is our big playoff game in it huge end game, of the day yeah. so you know it's we've done It's a huge game this Robert I don't think we can sort of gauge how important this game is it's make or break I think if we were to lose this game you probably season's probably over really isn't it? I mean mathematically it's probably not but if you was to lose it, it really you're not really going to you're going to struggle to make that top four I would say I mean I've, I've not done the math so I wouldn't know off the table but you probably have to be depending on other results and so it's, it's a huge game and yeah let's just hope all the marketing's been done and Obviously, posters are out there. You've got to push now. You've got to push the, the week after as well. We play Huddersfield. We've got to really push both of these games now and, and save the season. Yeah, so over to you, club. Impress us in the next couple of days. Get out there. Get the offers out. Let's see how many people we can get in. Um, next bit of news. Uh, Soul for Red Devils Foundation, they're trying to organise a youth board, Paul, uh, trying to get kids between the ages of 12 and 16 to have a say on what you know what kind of areas they need to attack in the area of Salford. Very good. I wish I'd have had one when I was a kid. Mm. Um, we had the junior reds, didn't we? And we brought that back now. But I think it's brilliant, Rob. I think that that's a really important thing. And one thing I would say on that, if you're going to do something like that, it's very, very important that you carry on doing it. Don't just have a couple of meetings or a couple of, you know, say you're going to do it and then don't do it. The continuity of that is really important because children and, and kids and teenagers, and that, you get those kids hooked 
to rugby league like, like they did with us and you know the other lads we have on the podcast you know who've been going for years now once it's in your blood and once you're up with Salford rugby I think you're up for a very long time and, and maybe your life so if you can get kids involved and get them having a say make them feel part of it make them feel part of the family and um, I think that's that's really important. It's a fantastic idea, that. Yeah, I think talking about keeping things going, like the fans board, you know, that was a, that was a thing that took off. Could have given it a bit more legs for me, uh, but unfortunately it didn't. Unfortunately, but we never know. It might come back um, in the future. Probably never know. It, sh- it should. Do. It, uh, to, be, to be honest, I was a bit annoyed with that really because it, it was like a half-hearted sort of thing. Wasn't it? I mean, if you're going to do something like that, you've got you've got to keep doing it, and you've got to have the meetings. I mean, I'm not saying every week because people have commitments, don't they? But at least once a month, if you're going to have, have meetings, have the meetings. Don't just say something. You're going to do something, and then and then sort of pull back on it. So I, I was disappointed with that. I don't know whose responsibility that was, or whose fault that was. I don't know, but uh, that was a good idea. That and uh, it's something I'd like to see come back. Yeah, I suppose. Um, you know, they've got a little like, the idea about the group of fans uh, getting you know posters and stuff together. Hopefully, they'll kind of mould themselves into that kind of a uh, you know situation. I reckon. Yeah, well, they're doing a good job, and that's another thing. I mean, it takes a lot of time, doesn't it? Things like that, but you've got to keep at it. It's no use just doing it for one game. We've, we've, we've got to do that, and the club have got to get involved with that as well. I mean, you can't just expect you know people who are working full time to, to do do all that on their own. So from the start of next season and the rest of this season, the club have got to get fully behind that from, from, for me anyway, and uh, and publicise it. You've got to publicise every game, you know, with, with the same sort of intensity as you do, you know, with these sort of games. Now at the end of the season, you've got to go from minute one of the season. And, I don't think we did this season, but you know we'll let them off, and uh, I'd like to see us doing it, doing it properly now for uh, for this rest of the season and next season. Yeah, I'm sure Dave Campbell and his, his group of people will, will come together and, and sort that out for us hopefully. Uh, next bit of news: Paul Lighton uh, cycled to Wembley in for the uh, Challenge Cup final for Rugby League Cares, raised over ten thousand pounds. Paul, what a great effort that was! Tremendous effort from Paul Lighton. Yeah, he's, he's a really good lad, Paul, and we see him quite a lot, don't we? Yeah. Doing the press and things like that, he's good work for radio matches. He does, and he's a super bloke as well. And to do that, he showed some real fitness, hasn't he? And this injury crisis we've got at the moment, we might have to worry him up and see if he wants to put his boots back on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's done a great job there. I think he's raised, raised lots of money as well. And um, you know, hats off to him. And I uh, hope he had a, a bit of nice pint on uh, on Saturday night because he deserved it. Yeah, the RL cares. Great charity, Paul. Um, you know, ten thousand yeah. pound will go a long way uh, for them, and I'm, I'm sure they've got great things planned in the future as well. Certainly, it's a very good charity, well, fantastic charity, and they do some great work. And you know, people like Paul, they work tirelessly, don't they, doing these charity things. And I know he does a lot of work with that as well, Paul. So, uh, so yeah, really chuffed for him, and uh, yeah, great work. Yeah, uh, next bit of news we've got. Um, news came out that Sale were trying to buy the stadium, uh, Paul, but the offer was rejected by the council. Um, you know, how do you think that leaves us? Do you reckon, you know, council owning the stadium, for me, that's better than Sale owning it? Yes, yeah, I don't know. You hear a lot of these things, don't you? And I'm not very, very understanding this. I'm at the end of the day, I'm a rugby league supporter, so I know a bit about rugby league. But when it comes to these like ownerships and shares and things like that, I tend to get a bit lost sometimes. And just, you know, but it is a worry in it sometimes. You, you think you know how, how clubs are owned now, and who owns them, and who owns what, and what they can do, and you hear about leases and things like this and. It's a bit of a minefield sometimes, isn't it? but I, I don't know. I think perhaps if Sale did own it on the stadium, where I'd just like to know where we stand in that. I mean, if you don't own something, you know, they, they're going to call all the shots then, aren't they? So I think I presume we had some sort of lease, didn't we? So, mm. I, I, you know, from, from where I'm sat, I don't think Sale would, would, would kick us out. I'm pretty sure they want us in there because they want our, our rent money as well. But I don't know. I'd like to see the, the ins and outs of everything before, you know, we sort of uh, 
sort of sale sale bought the stadium but I can never understand why why we didn't buy the stadium to be honest but I suppose that's another story mm, I suppose it's, like I say it's Marwan Kukash if he's, he's I think he's tried to speak about buying the stadium but it obviously never came out did it so we'll have to see um, hopefully sale won't buy it and the council will keep it and we can both share it as tenants and move it forward because obviously you know it's interesting both clubs in it to, to make the, yeah. the stadium work yeah I suppose but looking at the other things I suppose the council are probably paying a lot of money, aren't they, to, to keep it? And you know, do they get any any money back? I mean, they, they might say our, our crowds are bobbins and sales crowds aren't that good either, and they're having to, to fund a lot of money. So it's whether they, they carry on doing it. So I think there's a lot of different factors that go into that. I think it becomes complicated. I think, doesn't it? This this whole AJ Bell Stadium thing. I think there's more to it than meets the eye. I mean, I'm no expert on it, so I probably won't really comment too much on it. But mm. yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a minefield. But like you say, perhaps it would be better if the council owned it, and then it's sort of if it, if one team owns it and another team doesn't, you suppose they've got all the say, then haven't they, and everything. So you you, you like the correlation, I suppose, and it's so. Uh, so yeah, we'll have to keep our eyes peeled and see what happens. Yeah, well, it's a great stadium, Paul. Great facilities as yeah. well. You know, if we want to be a Super League club, you need to be in the best uh, stadiums with the best facilities. This new road that they built uh, coming over the uh, the motorway, over the bridge, over the river, you know, that's going to give us another access point. More people be able to exit the stadium quicker. So this myth about people sat in a car park for five days might go away then. Yeah, you know, what I'll say to that is just go and have a cup of tea after the game. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we do, really, go and uh, chill out for a bit, and then the, the car park's usually dead by the time we come out. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I spoke about this before to my dad and you and other supporters, and... I think in hindsight, really, perhaps we, you know, if we had our time again, we should have stayed at the Willow Shop for a bit longer, and that road should have all been built before the stadium. I think it, it, was, it was crazy whoever decided to sort of build the stadium and then build everything else around it. It's, it's a bit daft, isn't it? Really, it's like sort of putting the roof on your house before you build the foundation. You've got to put the foundations in first, and then and then the stadium. So I think that was a bit of a mistake on it. I think whoever, whoever did that, perhaps if we'd have stayed at the Willows for a, for a few extra years, but. Hey, who knows that, that? How could that work if you sold that land? The people who are buying it want to want to build on it, don't they? So it, again, it's it's difficult, isn't it? You don't know what goes on. So um, so yeah, once that road, the positive thing is once the road's built and everything, there shouldn't be any argument. Then it should should be fine to, to get in and out of it. So you know, once other things start being built on that land as well, because there's a lot of land there, like we've said before, and I think there's ideas for other things to go there, and that will bring other people there, other attractions and. And the Trafford Centre is a big thing, isn't it? If you can sort of get straight there from the Trafford Centre, that, that's a big plus, isn't it? People going doing shopping and before they go to the game. And I've said it to you loads of times, we've got one of the biggest shopping centres in, in the country right on our doorstep. We've got to use that to, to market our club and, and use it as a tool to get people to come to our game. Can you imagine if Wigan, Leeds, St. Helens, Warrington, any other side of that Super League had that Trafford Centre near They'd have a shop in there. They'd have people in there with leaflets. They'd have all sorts, wouldn't they? We've got to do that. We know he's moaning about it in the road. You've got to use it to your advantage, I think. Yeah, I suppose with shops, Paul, that's extra expense, isn't it? You know, yeah, but I suppose at the end of the day, though, if you want to progress onto that next level and, and be like Saints and Leeds and Warrington, you, you, you've got to put the money there, haven't you? I mean, maybe not necessarily a shop, but just get some sort of presence in there. You know, people giving leaflets out or, you know, about, about the game. We had those stars, didn't we, in Tesco's and things like that. Let's get one in there, you know, there's, there's thousands of people going there every day, isn't there? And, you know, a poster outside as well, you've got the motorway there. I think Sale have some sort of thing, don't they? It says Sale Sharks play at the stadium, blah, blah, blah. You know, when you come over the bridge, we need something there as well, maybe a sign or just something to, to tell everybody that, you know, this is our home. Yeah, I suppose, you know, talking about pop-up shops, uh, I saw on Twitter, Hulky Yard have one as well. 
So we're not the only club who does things like that, Paul, which is a good thing it's for good. me. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, any anything that can can get you out in the local community and, and tell people who you are and what you're doing and, and get people to believe in it. If once you can get people to believe in something and, and feel a part of it, that, that's when your club starts to grow, isn't it? I mean, I've said it to you before. I think we're a really good kept secret. Not a lot of people know about us, do they? People, when I spoke to people, they still think we play at the Willows. I mean, how long's the Willows been knocked down for? Mm. So, you know, people don't know where, where we play, and you'd be amazed at the amount of people who don't actually know we play at the AJFL Stadium. I think if you can tell people where we are and, you know, give people the information and get people to, you know, get down there, I think, you know, think things are going to work and going to take off. You can't just sort of sit there and click your fingers and expect people to come. You've got to lure people in and, and spread the word, be positive about it, and, uh, no, and, and build, just build slowly. Yeah, I suppose it's a you know a, a project really that you know we've got to look at three and five years down the line, both on and off, off the field, on the field. If we're getting in the playoffs every year for the next sort of five six years, and then we're you know we're investing in our possible shops and things like that, getting a bit of a you know uh, identity in the in the city. Signs are supposed to be going up uh, in the city. Welcome to Salford, home of the Salford Devils. Things like that improves our yeah. improves our. Uh, Outlook, I think, and people might get a bit more interested then. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not just an identity within Salford, it's an identity in rugby league. If you look at this season, we've had... So it's been funny, it's been... To the end of May, we, we did really well. Obviously, last month, a couple of months, we fell off a bit. So we've had sort of a good half a season or so. And you sort of get that identity then. Your name in the media starts cropping up. You sort of, we saw ourselves on the front of rugby league world, didn't we? And we had that chat with, with Gareth Walker and... You, the name of your club starts, gets, gets banded about a bit more then it people start talking about you don't you and that's when people start getting the interest and you notice sort of Good Friday we've got nearly 6,000 against Lee and, and things start building alright we've, we've lost a few games now and it's dropped off but I've been alarmed by certain people in the media certain people at Salford that have said things about how, how poor our crowds have been and, and I've sort of thought to myself well we haven't We've had half a, half, a, half a decent season and got to a Challenge Cup semi-final. You can't expect 10,000 people all of a sudden just to start flooding to the, to the ground just because of that. It, it takes time. It, it takes time to build things. And we've gone on about Castleford and Warrington and these other teams. They've been on sort of that top level now and played in them semi-finals for the last sort of decade or so, haven't they? So it's all about building slowly. You can't just expect you to sort of win seven, seven or eight games and click this magic wand and go, yeah, we're, we're back to the glory days now, 40 years ago. Because we're not. You have got to build slowly. I think, you know, Ian Blees, Marlon Kukash, you know, Robbie Paul, who's doing all this stuff behind the scenes, they've got to realise that. And, um, you know, I think the crowds have got up this season. All right, they've dropped up a bit now, but do something about it. Get marketing, be positive, and tell people who we are. Yeah, I'm sure the club are going to be up for that, Paul. And like you said, you know, a great season, but it's only one season. You know, we need to do this for the next sort of five to six years. Ian Watson has come out quite... Uh, deliberately and said look we front loaded this season to get in the top 8 and I yeah. I'd, I'll place on the record that I'd happily for uh, Ian Watson's front load for the next 5 years to me and then, and if you win yeah. nick the odd game in the Super 8s along the way then great but you need to build a culture that expect to be in that 8 and know how to win games to get in that 8 and we're not there yet and that's, that's the ball game it is yeah Ian Watson was very very honest with me when I spoke to him you was there when we spoke to him after, after Wigan and um, I, I felt talking to him like he was sort of back to in a corner and he, he was fighting he came out fighting and I thought that's one of the best chats I've had with him it really was and he was very honest and he said you know I'll admit that I front loaded this season and, and, and I, I I read things on, on Facebook and you read things in the media and, and stuff in the League Express and, and with the vibes I were getting people were sort of having a pop at him and I thought you know you're out of order because 
Alright, we, we've lost a few games on the spin now, but people don't always look at the bigger picture. He's got a lot, of, an awful lot of injuries. I mean, you've only got to look at who was sat in the crowd at, at Wigan. He had half a team out injured. And yeah, I think we have run out of steam a bit now, but Ian Watson has done tremendous this season. And, you know, from where we've come from last season in the million pound game, to, to be in, in that top eight now, all right, you know, you'll get people saying we put the two on the rack, and I think that's a load of rubbish. I think, you know, we've got a tired squad, we've got some big big lads out injured, some big names, people like Mark Flanagan, Lee Moss, who we, we're missing badly at the moment. And Ian's done a great job this season, he really has. And like you said, I'd rather be in that top eight than, than struggling in that. You look down now in that bottom four, you've got Catalan Dragons, Lee Centurions, and Witness, you know, and those three sides are a bit panicking like mad because one of those three sides has got a real good chance of ending up, you know, in that million pound game and, and, and getting relegated. So, from where we've come from last year, I think he's done tremendously well. Yeah, looking uh, a bit back at the stadium again, Paul. Um, what, Sorry, twi- I'm getting sidetracked. No, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's fine. I just thought we might talk about the stadium a little bit. The uh, bit of Twitter talk about moving to the East stand. Um, yeah. We've had this conversation, haven't we, with, with the stadium people before? Um, foul about health and safety and having uh, a license to have so many people. If you changed it, you know, put all the seats away, then they'd have to like redo everything and it's all like by the time of it. So it's not, it's a, it's a non-runner for me unless they decide to shut the west stand and move everyone into the east stand because obviously our attendances tally up. We should all fit in there if they wanted to open the east stand and have a gant- have a have a like a stadium with lots of people in, you know, facing a TV camera. Why don't you just put the cameras in the east stand? Because because there's the um, the gantry, there's no gantry there, and it's too close oh, to the pitch. Be like Edinburgh, you know, like where you're ah, right on top of the pitch, so. and people yeah. will fall off. You know. The thing <laughs> is with that though, Rob, you've probably got a lot of people there who bought season tickets for the west stand. Yeah. And they've got really good seats in the west stand, and are they going to want to give up that seat that they paid all that money for to go and sit in the east stand where the view's probably not perhaps not as good? Mm. Um, it's an odd one, really. At the end of the day, I think you should be able to sit where you want. And that's that. That to me is up to the club to come out and you know sell tickets and market that East Stand. I mean, perhaps let's get, let's get school kids in that East Stand. You know, give all the school kids free tickets. Get all them in the East Stand. Make that sort of the family stand or something. I, I don't know. Perhaps that's something to look at. Get all the amateur teams in there. Make sure all the amateur clubs get free tickets and get them all in the East Stand. I don't know. That's that's a conundrum for the for the club. That. I suppose it's opening it up, and you need to make sure you sell so many to make it worth it to be open. That's the that's the bottom line, isn't it? So. Yeah, I think you need to make that East End your project. Perhaps that make that sort of this new project to, to fill the East End and you know attract some new to make it the new supporter stand. You know, get some new people in there and you know really target them because you, obviously you've already got people with bought tickets for the, for the, the West End. I don't think many people. Have, I don't think anybody's got the seats in the East End, have they? No, no. So, so yeah, like, let's make that the, the new audience for there. You know, schools, you know, local teams. Let's get them in, in that stand and uh, you know really pick it out that way because I think people who stand in the, the, the South Stand, the, the shed as they call it, I mean, there are quite a lot of people who go in there and they like to be stood up, don't they? And, and, and behind the goals and the, the atmosphere that they're creating there, so I don't think they're going to be best pleased about moving, but I don't know, it's, it's, it's a funny one, I suppose, really. Do you have, do you have a preference to sit out the stand? Me, uh, mm. well, at the moment, with a slip
um, sitting down wherever we go now, I suppose. So times have changed, haven't they? Yeah. Um, but yes, he was always standing for me at the Willows, and unless every now and again, um, when I was little, my dad used to take me on top of the North Stand. Mm. You know, the seats we used to go up there every now and again. But I always stands up, mate. To be honest, but since we've gone to the AJ Bell, I've, I've been a bit mixed. Really, I've had a couple of season tickets in the, the South Stand, and last few years I've had. Uh, in the West End because my dad's got a dodgy back as well so <laughs> we tend to sit down we're getting on now aren't we yeah. well, I'm, I'm, I was always like a persistent stander me so yeah, standing was always yeah. was always a thing even like commentating I'm, I'm, I'm stood yeah. under gantry for ages but then obviously when you what the gantry you were miles away from everybody so I felt yeah. like I was I was missing the sort of the atmosphere of the game so decided to come down to sit in the press pit well, that, you know, a lot of away games we've been in the press section haven't we doing stuff in there and it's, it's an eye-opener, isn't it? But it's, it's not the same as, as standing with the supporters. That's something that, I mean, a few of the games I've, I've got in the, the, the away end, but quite a lot of them I've been, been sat with you, haven't I? So we've missed a bit of that. But the semi-final was nice, you know, to, to stand behind the goals. Warrington's another ground where you can stand up, and the atmosphere there is always fantastic in Warrington. And that semi-final was a great atmosphere. So, uh, yeah, I prefer to stand up. And I was talking to somebody on, on Facebook last week, I can't remember who it was now, but... Um, we were saying about you know that that side stand that's off of the east stand. Perhaps that'd be better if it was was a standing up stand. Um, and originally, I thought the original plans for the stadium was where we was going to have two standing stands. One was going to be behind the goal, and one was going to be along the side. You know, when we saw the original plans years ago. And it was in the Willow, but mm. obviously that didn't happen, and they, they've left both the, the behind the sticks stands have been have been there standing ones. So what's your view on that? Do you think the, the east stand would? Standing up would be better. Well, it would be, it would be better, Paul. I think it's, is it stage three? If we ever got to 20,000 people coming every week, then they had, they had to sort of rebuild the, the East End, then that would be a paddock. That was the, that was the plans. Mm, yeah, so, so like the one at Warrington, I suppose, then, Yeah, we, we, you know, we have to wait until we're getting 20,000 a week to get that. That's the beauty of that stadium, though, I suppose, isn't it? It's, it's a stadium that is ready to be developed, isn't it? You know, yeah. to, to a bigger size when needed. So let's just hope we make the progress and, and start to win it. Yeah, you know, five, ten years down the line when we're you know in the super you know the super eights every week, every year, challenge cup winners and league cup winners and you know the potential winners. Is there, Rob, the potential is massive. I think it is, and I, I know people scoff at our crowds, and it, it hurts me when I see it from other teams and, and people in the media. You know, when they go at us all the time, and it hurts big time. But I I think to myself, we got. I'm not being disrespectful to like some of and witness and that, but I think we've got a lot more potential than them just for the area and where we are. Like seven near that traffic centre, I think the sky's the limit for us. It really is. I think we, we could really progress, but obviously it's um, it, it does. It takes time. Yeah, but well, uh, we are making a difference, Paul. That's all that matters to me. I think we're going in the right direction, Rob. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, like are. me and us, well, like us, I think, are, anyway. yeah, I think like us as well. You know, with the podcast and the sports zone, we're getting out there. We're making a difference, me, and it's and that's the important thing. Obviously, you're a fan first but if you have the opportunity to you know shout as loud as you can about sulfur to people who yeah. might necessarily you know interact with them then that's that's a positive for me so we're doing a great job and you know hats off to us yeah of course and you, a lot of people have done this season it's been heartwarming this season i've said it the last few times on the podcast about the various facebook pages that people do you know the russell does one then it's the does one and you know people are getting behind things and, and talking about solving every time you go on facebook there's something about solving i love it uh, you know, just I don't see anything else. I mean, in my family on Facebook, just solve and solve and that's great. And you've got Cy Williams and Dennis who do um, the, the Sound Solver show, which is great. It, it's all different things, isn't it? And, and that, to me, if you're doing things like that, that sort of work, people have got solved on the brain all the time, haven't they? And you know, 
Rome wasn't built in a day, Rob, was it? I mean, this is this is early stages. It's not like something that's been going on for 10 years. These are things that have sort of happened in the last couple of years or so. So let's just keep building slowly. And I think the interest will grow over the years. I, I really do. Yeah, it's about reaching outside the bubble, Paul. That's what it is, talking about bubbles. Uh, reality TV bubble. My Wanku Cash is, is looking to do kind of a, a reality TV, put a Twitter out for people who want to do a bit of work, work experience for him. Um, you're not a big fan of reality TV, are you, Paul, really? Well, to be honest with you, uh, my wife, Ellen, watches, has been watching Celebrity Big Brother. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so I have seen a bit of that, but it's rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But for me, I think reality TV is only good when you have somebody like Louis Theroux involved to kind yeah, of he's probe... Yeah, I've seen a few of his documentaries, yeah. Yeah, to kind of probe the people who, who the reality TV show is about. Because if you just have them running free, like Cheshire Housewives, then it, it's not really good telly. But I want to... I, I don't I, mind that Cheshire Housewives. Really? My wife watches that as well. That's it's just not an argument, so in it, they have an argument with someone, <laughs> they go to a bar, they make up, and then they have a party at the end every week. That's some nice houses, though. They do, there is that, there is that. But I, I, I just think... Most other things. Yeah, 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 a lot a list of things that they're good at. But, you know what I mean, I, I just think, you know, if, if it happens, then great. I'm sure we're all, don't, let's all be honest, we'll all tune in, won't we, regardless. Um, but I'm, I'm just hoping that there's something in there like that, you know, to see the real Marlon Kukash, because, you know, we, that's what the reality is all about. It's all about, you know, getting yourself out there, about, you know, him. So hopefully, you know, he'll, he'll produce like this nice... Uh, reality TV show it'll be great for the club it'll all be at Salford and it'll, we'll get outside the bubble because of it we shall see we shall see indeed um, next one um, master classes have been running at the Salford Red Devils Foundation uh, they've done a great job Paul uh, with the uh, heroes of tomorrow uh, learning from the heroes of today yeah certainly I've seen some of those master classes you've been uh, hard at work Robert you've been putting them on the Facebook page yep. to keep everybody informed you've been doing some great work there mate um, yeah Escalator, don't we? Of you know, coming from 
the Salford Red Devils Foundation, through the uh, the Salford College team, and into your academy, and then onto the first team, and you get that, you know, like the the travelator, if you know what I mean, and that's and that'll be that'll be a beautiful thing, won't it, Paul, if it comes off. Of course it will. You've only got to watch the Challenge Cup final on, uh, on Saturday. Who won the last trophy? Yeah. <laughs> Who's won it the last two seasons? Yeah. Where did he come from? Mm. So, and I mean, it, it hurt me. I always cringe really watching it on because I, I like Sneedy. I think he's, he's a top player. He's got a top kicking game. And I don't know the ins and outs of what happened at Salford. But Brian Noble was the coach, uh, if I remember rightly, when Sneedy was there. And you see him on the telly, and I was sort of looking at Brian Noble. If I'd have had a voodoo doll of Brian Noble, I sat. <laughs> You're looking at him and thinking, you flirted him from Salford and you won't play him, you sent him along to Castleford and, you know, it, I can never understand that. And, but yeah, just going back to the academy before he gets sidetracked about that, you, you might need your T.O. Farge, look, look where they are now in, in the Super League, Jordan Turner, they, they're good players, aren't they? And they've come through our, our youth to die levels as well. I mean, what a spine that would be now if we had T.O. Well, we've got nine levels, haven't we? T.O. Nile and, um, and Max Need. You're talking three quality players there, aren't you? So that is why your academy is important. You might only get one or two players for every couple of years or whatever, but those one or two players are gems, aren't they? They're your gems as well. They come through your system. Now your levels. You ask now your levels now. He's a Yorkshire lad. How long has he been at Salford? He's been at Salford since he was 15. I think he was 24 the other day. So he's been at Salford for like eight or nine years now. So he, he is so affiliated to our club because he's come through our system. That's where his loyalty lies. You've only got to look at Wigan, the, the kids that come through on there their belt there under Sean Wayne and I've got a lot of time for Sean Wayne and, and the people at Wigan because I don't always agree with them I think they're a bit arrogant sometimes things like that but I admire that arrogance that Wigan way that they talk about that is their sort of model in it and they're proud to be associated with that club and that's that's some sort of DNA I think that, that we I think Ian Watson would like to build at Salford and you know that sort of excites me things like that mm. yeah culture building that's what it is yeah that's, you, that's the word I was looking for yeah, yeah, yeah. but the things are you build from you build up and also you've got to build down and to build down yeah. you've got the, to have the, some the, the foundation the down bit is, is, is paramount Rob. yeah yeah I agree with that but we'll have to see we'll see what happens uh, in the off season I'm sure the club will be announcing something if it does come off and well, get let's, just, just, let's, let's just have it right though our, our foundation the people involved there do a fantastic job oh yeah and, and they, they really do they do an excellent job and we, we can't praise them enough Rob oh yeah they get they're all around the city doing all different kind of projects not just rugby as you know they do mental health things and you know yeah. that, that's that's the best part really you know the, the reaching out to people who need that help don't they and it also gets yeah. Soul Red Devil's name out there as well uh, which is a bonus uh, but they do a great job and they work tirelessly don't they Paul going in all these schools for me hardest job in the world think about it so if we get hammered on a Sunday and you've got to go into a school on a Monday to these 16 15 16 year olds and try and sell the club I will have that that's probably the hardest job in the whole club for me yeah, um, yeah. It, is, it is I think they do, they do a great job and I don't think they've got the, the biggest budget in the world have they and, you know it, it is it, it, they have the work that they do and I can't praise them enough for, for, for what they do. So yeah, just just carry on doing it, and let's just hope the, the club get behind it and, and and just keep progressing. Yeah, they produced a nice little booklet uh, as well. Uh, last home game, uh, talking about yeah, I had a good read of that. Yeah, yeah, talking about where they you know where they cover all the things they do and all the schools they cover. And like you said, it was great. All the schools are kind of like within a you know is it a five mile radius of the stadium? I think it was or something. Uh, but you know it's great. I think you know they're, they're doing it, and we asked them, don't we, to go into the schools and. And they're, they're the, tor- the torch carriers, aren't they, in that situation? Certainly are, Rob. Yeah, they certainly are. They're that sort of the, the ground troops, aren't they, I suppose, the men on the ground. And that, and, uh, and yeah, it's vitally important to get into the schools, isn't it, and, and get, them, get them involved. And 
get them interested at an early age. Like I said before, once you do get them interested, and you know they, they bring the parents along and things like that, and you know it, it does it gets people involved. And just going back to an academy as well, that's really important. The academy for that sort of way, because if you've got a son playing for for Salford, you know, in, in the under-19s or whatever, then his mum and dad might get interested and start going, and see your uncle start going, your grandma starts going, your brother starts going, and it just builds that community spirit, doesn't it, and just gets more people interested and, you know, involved in, and on the, the, the Salford Red Devils bus, as, as to speak. Yeah, the fan bus, that's what it's, it's all about, getting everyone out there in the community. You're and driving this bus, from. And, well, it's the Andy Riley bus as well, that's the, that's the, that's the main bus. I'm going to try and get him on in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, he needs to gloat about his predictions because we, we wiped him off, didn't we, when he said it, said he was going to finish, finish in the top four, top five, and we were like, yeah, whatever, Andy, but came in, didn't it? End of the day. Yeah, yeah, well, so far, so far, so good. So far, so good. So, yeah, we might try and get him on the next couple of weeks so he can have a little bit of the gloat. Uh, final bit of news, um, Lancashire and Yorkshire, legends... Uh, playing at Headingley on Wednesday, Paul. Um, Adrian Marley, captain of Lancashire. Seems like it's going to be a great uh, game, that. Yeah, I saw um, a little promo for it last night on, I think on Facebook or somewhere like that, and uh, Wayne Goblin was, <laughs> I think he was sat on his lap pool talking about it. Adrian Marley sneaked out and pushed him in. <laughs> funny, to be honest. But, but yeah, he's... Uh, do you know what? I remember going to the... Um, Lancashire York. I think it was Edinburgh. Yeah. It was, I'm sure it was Edinburgh when Lancashire played York. And Andy Cole played, I think, Malcolm Alka played. We had a few Salford lads in, in the side, didn't we? And uh, it was really exciting. There was a, I think that we played two games, didn't we? I think, I'm sure one was at Nolby Road. I know one was at Edinburgh, anyway, I'm sure it was. I might have been obstacle, but we did it for a few seasons, I think, didn't we? Sort of the early 2000s. And, um, and they were exciting games, weren't they? And I'd like to see that come back because I think it's it could be a sort of a. A selection program for England. They couldn't, you know, play play those sort of intense games like that. Yeah, I agree. I think they should bring it back. Um, you know, obviously, it was like exciting. I, said, I thought it was exciting. Yeah, I suppose it's, it depends on the, you know, where the talent is spread. Whether it's loaded, like loaded a lot in Lancashire's favour or loaded a lot in Yorkshire's favour. Really, you know, because you want a mixed game, don't you? You want a decent game. If one side is, lit, you know, littered with stars and the other isn't, then you might get a bit of a walkover, which beats the object of having it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, do you, do you have a kind of like Lancashire and Yorkshire and then have like a overseas kind of a three-way um, you know, tri-tournament where all three are play against each other, maybe? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a possibility, but I, I think it'd be pretty fair, really, because if you look at um, the lads in, in the Lancashire side, you've got quite a few Oldham lads, St. Helens lads, Wigan lads, haven't you, that sort of the, those hotbeds of Lee as well. They're on this side of the Pennines, and you've got a lot of lads from sort of Leeds Academy, haven't you? Castleford producing, you know, what, you know, Bradford lads as well, and the, and the Humberside lads. So I think, you know, I think it'd be pretty even, really, if you were to, to sit down and write all the players down. But um, I think back, I think back then when it was was introduced, then it, it was a bit of a stepping stone for, for Great Britain, really, wasn't it? That these were sort of representative games. If you played well in them, you had a, you had a chance of, uh, of going on to maybe the. the you know, the, the test team, so um, that's another thing I'd like to discuss one week, Rob, about bringing back Great Britain, but mm. we're going to save that for another day, but <laughs> that's something I'd love to see come back, but I thought they were doing really exciting though, game. Yeah, I, suppose, I think the problem is, clubs got in the way a bit, didn't they? Didn't want the stars getting injured, the old save well, themselves. Yeah, and and I was going to just about to say to you then, when would you play it now? Because yeah. if you look at this season, now we were talking to what all one and with us coming in this Challenge Cup around early, this week now with the Cup final has been our first week off, hasn't it? So, when would you have this game? There's not a lot of spare weekends, really, is there, to play? It'd have to be a midweek game, and you play a game midweek, you've got coaches moaning because they've got a game on Thursday night or Friday night, so 
it's um, the way Sky do things now. It's difficult to sort of give the players a rest time and make it fair, really. Isn't it, I suppose. Yeah, it'd have to be a weekend, but then you're missing a fixture, then, aren't you? That's right. So yeah. I don't think clubs would be like I don't think clubs will want to lose out on the revenue of it. Mm. So I don't think that's why it'll happen. But anyway, there's legends going on, legend game going on, full of old stars. Um, it's going to be great. Hopefully, you will get to see it on a will be, be AM. Uh, if you can't get down to Edinburgh and watch it, it's seven o'clock kickoff. Um, sounds like it's going to be great fun. So that was all the news uh, coming out of the uh, the club this week. Uh, what we'll do now, we'll look at the amateur sides, what they did this week with Paul, and then preview the game against Wakefield. Right, well, this week's amateur report, I will start with the National Conference League. As I said, games. Well, there was no games at all last week with the, in the, uh, the Challenge Cup final, but there was one game midweek that was in Division 3, Tuesday night, 22nd of August. Stanley 50, Waterhead Warriors 20. It's back to normal this weekend, Saturday, the 2nd of September. Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield plays Skurlaw. Division 2, Alton Raiders play Saddleworth Rangers. Salford City Roosters are back in action. They faced East Leeds at home. And in Division 3, it's Oldham St. Anne's against Gateshead Storm and West Bowling against the Waterhead Warriors. In the Northwest Men's League, there's a couple of uh, midweek games. Bolton Met 6, Wigan Springview 38. That was in Division 5. That was Wednesday night. Friday night, Manchester Rangers had a cracking win. They beat Wigan St. Jude's in Division 2 by 42 points to 28. The fixtures for this week are played on Saturday, the 2nd of September. The Northwest Men's League trophy, Oldham St. Anne's against Wigan St. Cuthbert's. Division 1, Folly Lane play Hindpool Tigers. Division 5, Garswood Stags against Saddleworth Rangers A. And Bolton Mets against Blackbrook A. And the entry division... It is Caddy's Ed Rhinos against Wigan Springview A. The North West Youth League, there's just two fixtures on Sunday the 3rd of September to tell you about. Division 1 of the under-16s, Waterhead play Wigan St Cuthbert's and Oldham St Anne's play Hindley. There's a bit of news in the amateur game this week as well. Chester Gladiators are seeking a new head coach and assistant coach in the build-up to their 2018 season, during which the club will celebrate its 10th anniversary. The club has strong links with professional teams Warrington Wolves, Witness Vikings and North Wales Crusaders and a proud track record of players progressing to a higher level demonstrating the potential for the sport in Chester applications should be sent to information sorry in, sorry should be sent to info at chestergladiators.com that's all lowercase and you can also contact for an informal discussion on 075-123-55396 also a new head coach and manager are being sought after for the England student side the duo will oversee the 2017-18 to programme working closely with the rugby football leagues Lead officer. Both roles are voluntary. The head coach must be qualified to level three or above, while it is essential that both positions be filled by people with experience of coaching or managing student teams. Applicants for the role of manager must, in addition, have experience of organising tours and events. Applications should be sent before 5pm on Friday the 15th of September to Adam Hughes. And Adam's email address is all lowercase. It's adam.hughes at rfl.co.uk. Student bosses, meanwhile, are also inviting applications for similar positions at regional level with head coach, assistant coach and team managerial vacancies with Midlands, North East, North West, South East, South West and Yorkshire representative teams. The Student Rugby League season kicks off in early October and Regional trials will take place on Saturday the 4th and Sunday the 5th of November. The deadlines for applications, which should be sent to Adam Hughes, is the 8th of September. Well, finally this week, it was the Challenge Cup final at Wembley, and there were some great school games involved down there on, on Saturday and, uh, and down in London as well. Also, it was the Stephen Mullaney Memorial 
final at Wembley Stadium on Saturday. That was played before the Challenge Cup final and Castleford Academy beat St Peter's of Oral by 16 points to 4 in that. In the Year 7 girls, Castleford Academy beat Mallet Lambert of Hull by 50 points to 28 in that. In the Year 9 girls, Outwood Grange 34, Castleford Academy 12. In the Year 10 girls, St John Fisher of Dewsbury beat Castleford Academy by 48 points to 16. In the Year 9 boys, Murfield Grammar went down 28 points to nil by... Um, Jim Rague Glantaff, which is from Cardiff in Wales. And the year eight boys, St. Peter's of Oral beat St. John Fisher of Wigan by 26 points to 16. A bit of a derby game there. And St. Peter's of Manchester, they went down in the year eight girls. They went down unlucky to defeat 30 points to 18 to uh, St. John Fisher of Dewsbury. You know, St. Peter's were 18-6 behind at the break, but they simply refused to concede. And with time running out, they were firmly back in the frame at only 24 points to 18, but a late try from St. John Fisher. But a, a proud effort from the year eight girls there of St. Peter's from Manchester. Well, that's I shall catch you all at the Wakefield home game on Friday night. See you there. Four hours a day. Radio Contact. So, before we talk about the game against Wakefield on Friday, we're going to talk to Andy about the Reds apparel. Uh, and it's a great uh, thing you've got going there. Yes, it's uh, been uh, very well received by the uh, the fans and the people of Salford. Also, is uh, wide and far as well, um, all around uh, Manchester, um, all over the country, and obviously in the orders uh, from Spain, um, Australia as well. Yeah, what was your inspiration behind it for when it all started? Um, I. Um, the lad uh, plays um, ice hockey for Blackburn Hawks and we set up a little clothing company because everything you have to buy from uh, North America um, it's called uh, Puck Ugly P-U-C-K they're ugly as in an ice hockey puck I've got to be careful how I would uh, yeah. uh, say that but uh, yeah it's just like um, clothing uh, for um, the ice hockey fans and uh, go to the game with um, my mate um, Tez Howell and uh, we just got talking and we were saying look there's, uh, there's nothing as people know nothing with the word Salford on um, I was brought up on watching Salford back in the uh, early 70s watching the likes of uh, Watkins and uh, Fielding and uh, Rob's uh, favourite um, um, sorry, um, Paul's favourite player, um, Colin Dixon, and um, yeah, we just there was a gap in the market, so we thought we'd approach the the club and see if they would uh, be uh, interested doing um, sort of like retro range whilst they continue with Raging Bull and um, doing the current stuff. We didn't want to tread on their their toes. It was basically totally separate, do with the retro stuff and let uh, Raging Bull deal with the, the current stuff. We did have uh, talks with the, the club, but unfortunately they didn't want to take it take it forward. So we um, we set up a, a website and with Umminar in, do we go for it, do we not? Then I just press the button on the 8th of May um, early hours of one um, sort of like Monday morning led in bed what do we do yes let's go go with it then all day on the Monday at work my phone never stopped bleeping I got order and order 
and just on the first day we got 29 orders just on the first day and we didn't even advertise it it's all been uh, word of mouth and the people we've met along the way have been absolutely fantastic got some brilliant uh, uh, stories but yeah no i just like to thank all the people of uh, Salford and Salford fans, thanks for the uh, your support. You've been absolutely fair, fantastic. Yeah, give us an idea of what the kind of gear you sell. Uh, you know, to, to the fans, what's uh, what's available? Yes, yeah, so mainly in the moment, it's all um, t-shirts. We do a premium uh, range, which is more this slim um, uh, cotton with more the elastic uh, material uh, inside it. So we call that our premium range. Um, but obviously these people can't afford that uh, for whatever reason so we do a uh, bog standard uh, cotton range which is our base range mainly t-shirts one with we are Salford with um, the devil arm and Salford RL FC probably everybody's uh, seen it that design around the the ground at uh, games yeah it's certainly coming it's certainly become like a, a fashion trend, hasn't it, Paul? You know, everyone's wearing them, aren't they, around the stadium and in the pubs and that? Yeah, they certainly are. I've got my 73, 74 shirt and I wear, I wear that every week now. I better, I better stop wearing it, actually, because we've not won since, uh, since I've started wearing my red one with Bellis Bad Run. But they're fantastic, the, the quality of the shirts are great. And how did you feel, Andy, you know, at the semi final there, seeing the raft of supporters with them shirts on, you know, the retro shirts? You must have felt really proud. Yeah, it's a, especially the retro shirts, which we do, obviously, the 93-94 championship shirt was probably my favourite shirt of all time, because that's where, when I watched them, they say the likes of Fairfielding and uh, and uh, Watkins, and because um, as a kid, uh, nine-year-olds at that time, um, I wanted one, but uh, the club uh, didn't, didn't do one, but when we decided to do that, this... Uh, um, Red Devils apparel that's what we uh, my first thing is I wanted a 1974 shirt then uh, we saw the Challenge uh, Cup um, uh, shirt which we saw a lot at the semi-final but I was actually sat behind the Salford bench and I looked into the um, into the stand where all the Salford fans were and all I could see there's one of our shirts, there's one of our shirts, whether it was just like I was just unbelievable. I got into the ground and um uh, take me mum who used to take me as a as a kid, uh, she was there and I was laughing and she was saying, What are you laughing at? I said, Just walked in there's a guy came out of the toilets with a Made in Salford shirt on, one of ours. Another guy walked out behind him, and another guy walked out, um, out there. So there were three shirts that walked out of the toilets, all our uh, shirts, and I just had a big uh, smile on my face. Yeah, <laughs> you've obviously, you know, travelled, you know, you deliver, don't you, to all, all the different fans when they want stuff. Um, give us some funny stories you've got of, you know, transporting your, your stuff to a uh, to, uh, fellow fan. Yeah, we uh, talk about the um, uh, semi-final. I say apologise firstly to any fans that, who had uh, delayed uh, orders, but say we just myself and Tess uh, Howser we do it with is we just say normally um, just normal fans 
we don't do this business, as I said earlier, is my um, background is designing traffic lights and street lights, so know nothing about the, the industry, so we're just uh, doing it. Yes, we have made some mistakes, but all the customers have got everything. And on the night of the semi-final, or the afternoon, I got a phone call from um, uh, somebody in the Presswich. They say I live in the, up in the Preston, and he said the hadn't, uh, shirt hadn't arrived. So I said, leave it with me. Within about um, three hours, he had his uh, shirt, and his mum said, oh, I wouldn't mind one, uh, a pink one. Do you do any? Uh, leave it with me. So um, got home, did a, a shirt, text her the next morning, 9 o'clock, and said, I'll meet you outside the ground at the semi-final, and you can have your, your shirt. And she got a shirt, and she was like, absolutely over the moon. But some of the people I've seen and spoke to have been fantastic. I've been sat in people's houses at half 11 at night, having a brew, <laughs> talking all good things, Salford. Um, uh, one place uh, in Swinton have had a brew and a, a slice of cake that's been good also late on a Friday night I've been up to uh, the outskirts of Littleborough where that's the middle of uh, nowhere up this farm track and eventually found the um, address knocked on the door and said here's your uh, t-shirt Oh, right. <laughs> so, thanks. So, surprised to uh, actually found uh, where where they live. Yeah, so, no, really some uh, good stories. And um, one not so bad where my car broke down um, in, I think it was Radcliffe area. The uh, clutch um, pedal went on me on my car, but uh, eventually got the deliveries done and uh, managed to get back home. I'm not surprised with all the all the miles you're covering, Andy. The the car packed up. But you, you obviously you know you're covering loads of ground, isn't he, Paul? And he's you know he's a great service. Obviously, you know you buy it, delivers it to your house. How good's that? Oh, it's fantastic! Fantastic. Just listen to Andy's story there. I mean, he, he's gone above and beyond there, hasn't he, for, for Salford RLFC there, and he's a credit to the club. I mean, I think in a way it's disappointing the club didn't want, want to know. You know didn't want to know you, but that's another story. I think you, you've done your own thing there, Andy. Haven't you? And I think you've, you've excelled yourself and you've, you've gone above the club there. And I think people love it, don't they? People are wearing it. And that, that's brilliant. That's, you and Tez have done a great job this season. And I was dead chuffed when I got my shirt off you as well. And like I said, I've not had mine off really. I mean, every time I've seen you, Robert, weekend, I've always got it on. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, but, but it's been fantastic. And some of the stuff you've, you've got lined up, I believe. I mean, I know I've been migrating you to do a 1990 Cambrian soft drinks away shirt and other people have been at the shirts. But I think the retro range for me, it's brilliant. That's what everybody wants, don't they? Everybody loves the, the old shirts. And I mean, some of the shirts Salford have had, especially when I first started going, the, the old um, the old Cambrian drinks one, they do a belted shirts, one not they? And I think they're great. I think they just capture your imagination. They just take you back to your youth, don't they, from, from, the great memories of when you first started watching like you did in sort of 74 there so what's what's going to be uh, the next range do you think Andy what's, what's next up uh, obviously uh, the first um, ones in the retro shirt is what we believe is was the uh, away shirt in the 73-74 was actually um, a blue away shirt with the uh, uh, S on um, I know you've got one um, 
um, Paul, with uh, your favourite uh, player's number on the back when we finally decided what actually number he wore, because uh, obviously played for Salford. He wore a few, though, He did. He? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think we, I saw him in uh, 12 and 11 as well as 13, so I think we went for 11 in the end. And um, I've got one with number two, my favourite player, Keith Fielding. Um, yeah, so uh, that's the next one out is the blue away shirt, but also is I couldn't believe a few weeks ago I was online and a mess I saw Keith Fielding within um, one of the Facebook groups and actually contacted him. I ended up speaking to him through Facebook and he was telling us there is a, a um, green and gold with a gold S. Um, shirt that they played in their 70s early 80s so that's the next one we'll probably be looking at but we are looking at one maybe around uh, the short last season before Super League the 95 um, shirt and um, but if any fans have got any favorite shirts if they could let us uh, know we'll look we'll look it to um, do them through, um, there was a guy who ordered something, um, a namesake, uh, Chris Ashton. He has, he owns Rugby Street. Um, he lives in uh, Croydon in London. He actually ordered uh, through us and got talking to him. And he actually does uh, retro rugby league shirts and does team shirts. So I think we're going to be working together and do more retro, uh, retro um, shirts. I think it's amazing, Lee. I think it's amazing, and obviously you're doing that. You get outside the bubble, you get Salford retro shirts out there. People will see them, won't they, Paul? And we talk about getting outside the bubble a lot, don't we, on this podcast? And but things like that, you know, that's what you do. You, you know, when you get into these retro markets, everyone buys a shirt, and you get plastered everywhere, don't you? Yeah, of course you do. It's great advertising as well, isn't it? You know, everybody with, with t-shirts on and. And shirts and it, all the time it's just spreading our name and it? it's spreading the love of Salford and getting people interested and that that's what it's all about and you know we, we've spoke loads this season about the good work that people have been doing I think it's been brilliant I mean <clears throat> the club have sort of asked the supporters to, to help out and I think I don't think they can, the club should be proud of what the supporters have done this season you know, Andy and Tez they've done a fantastic job and I think all the supporters are proud of the work you've done Andy and, and, and the, the other guys you know they're distributing the leaflet guys that Dave and those sort of people and People have worked so hard this season, aren't they? And you know, the people are doing it in the spare time, aren't they? As well, people who've got jobs and, and working, you know, designing traffic lights like you do, Andy. You <laughs> probably don't get a lot of spare time, do you? So, you know, it's it's that soft to you really for all the work that you do. And um, I think, you know, we get slagged off for not having many supporters, but the support we do have, I think, is a credit. Really, we, we do we do a really good job, and we're really passionate, aren't we? And uh, I think if the, the club just keep faith in us, I think our support can grow and grow. Yeah, all the money up as well you make, you pump that back into local amateur size. Tell us all about that. Yeah, I would say uh, we don't, uh, one of the things that when we did set it up, we don't want to, I would say, we're, all the profits would uh, we, we would have given to the club. Uh, they can do whatever they, they, they want with it, but obviously uh, they didn't take us up on the offer, so we decided, right, okay then, is let's support uh, local uh, grassroots. And we've given a set of uh, training gear to um, Langwith the Reds uh, under eight, uh, and, and they're 
coaches, uh, Rachel, Johnny and uh, Jez, um, was very much appreciated and we're hoping to do a bit more, get them some working with uh, Rugby Street, uh, get some rugby balls and some more uh, equipment and all that money has come from the uh, people paying for the all the shirts um, and all the retro retro shirts. Basically, the money's gone straight back in their stock and uh, buying um, stuff for the kids. Our main goal now is uh, supplying the younger age uh, local uh, rugby league teams. So if there's any rugby league teams out there looking for kit this season or next season, give us a shout. We're more than happy to uh, provide it free of charge. Um, uh, you can have whatever you want on it, whatever colour, not a problem. Is It's basically, it's free, it's coming from the people of Salford and it needs to go back to the people of uh, Salford. And um, also, is one of our biggest dreams, is one of them people who starts, takes up rugby due to us giving them the free kit, they go on and play for Salford. Yeah, that's the that's a big aim. Yes, it might be obviously it'll take quite a few years, but it basically get people of Salford playing rugby league, get them into the sport, help develop them with the uh, with the clubs by providing the free kit, and maybe one day the Holy Grail, one of them kids goes on to play for the uh, uh, for Salford. Yeah, where can they, where can people see your stuff on the website and? Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah, we've um, a Facebook page, um, Red, Red Devils Apparel. Um, we do have uh, Retro Salford is on Twitter, or if you come onto the website, www.reddevilsapparel.com, uh, send us an email at uh, shop at reddevilsapparel.com. Just get in touch. Uh, I know we are talking to a, a, a few other teams as well with about providing the kit uh, for them and uh, just get in touch. We'll have a chat and we'll get you um, some kits uh, sorted for you. Yeah, there's a big discount kicking off in there as well. Uh, if you put DITD in your, is it your, your sort of outro in when you're buying your stuff, you get, is it 15% off anything you buy? Yeah. Yeah, we say yeah for, um, for the listeners of the uh, Devil in the Detail uh, podcast. We've uh, I've set up um, a discount coupon for any um, listeners. So when you go through the website and if you purchase anything, they'll ask you for a coupon code at the checkout. If you put in uh, T I T D, obviously Devil in the Detail. If you put that code in, press um, buy you automatically get uh, 15% off and that's till the end of the season to the 30th sorry the 30th of uh, September okay just to make it clear for our listeners is it DITD or TIDT uh, DITD yeah that's obviously short for devil yeah, in yeah. detail just want to make sure because yeah. obviously people are going to be scrambling around looking for you know laptops and stuff to buy stuff now so they yeah. need to make sure <laughs> they know what they're putting in under you know what I mean yeah, I say it's, it's just for the for, for the fans. As I say, it's for the Salfordians in Salford and all all around the world. I say that vast um, majority of our customers, yes, they have been within the Salford postcode. Um, a few in the Manchester postcodes, uh, and obviously further afield have delivered into Holmfirth. 
um, actually delivered on the way back from the Magic Weekend. Uh, the guy was shocked when I knocked on the door in York, said, here's your, your order. And he was like, oh, right, okay then. So, yeah, no, it's, it's for, for every uh, Salfordian um, and especially listeners of uh, this show, there's uh, an offer there for you, uh, 15% off. Cool. Big thanks for talking to us about it on this week's podcast. Andy, and now what we'll do, we'll look forward to the Wakefield game on Friday. It's time for the Devil of the Deep Sulphur Red Devils take on Wakefield Trinity at the AJ Bell on Friday night. Andy, it's going to be a big, big game. Yes, it is, and uh, really uh, looking forward to it. It's one we could uh, win, hope, well, more than uh, hopefully, and uh, get back to that uh, fourth uh, position. Yeah, obviously, Paul, you know, big games like this, we're hoping for a big crowd. The club have extended uh, their free, chi- uh, free junior tickets for anyone who wants to stand in the South Stand. Uh, that's a good offer, I think. Hopefully, people will be taking that up. Yeah, well, with a bit of luck, Rob, to be honest with you, I hope they extend that offer till, till game day, till kickoff, really, because, I mean, you want to give people as long as you can to, 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 to get the offer. You know, some people might not be able to get down to the stadium this week, or work commitments and what have you. So, I think it'd be a wise move for the club to just keep that offer on and right up to kickoff, really. We want as many people in that stadium on Friday night as possible, don't we? Because this game. You know, if we lose this game, it's going to be very, very difficult to get back into that top four. But a win, it puts us right back in, in the picture again with the, with the sides around us. So uh, we, we're really hanging on the coattails at the moment. So it's a massive game. And like we said before, we've had a break. We're coming back refreshed and uh, we want to get that result. Yeah, a little bit of warning, advanced warnings, a bit of road works going on around the stadium. Anyone going back to Earlham after the game might be a delay. Club's put out a statement, so make sure you read it so you know where to follow the you know, diversion and stuff. We don't want uh, people sat in car parks for hours on end, do we? If we're not all following the right instructions, Andy. Yeah, friend. Um, by the way, it's uh, nothing to do with me as uh, having a background of uh, 33 years in uh, designing uh, traffic lights. Nothing to do with me, honest. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, you're to blame if we're all sat in our cars on the way trying to get home. Damn yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, probably be me, uh, me to play. But actually, um, I've not been involved with that one. Obviously, been uh, involved in uh, many uh, traffic signal junctions, and but uh, not that one. Not guilty. That's the shout, basically. <laughs> exactly. So, Definitely not guilty. <laughs> looking forward to the game, Paul. Obviously, Wakefield are a top side, uh, full of farm. I know they lost to Castleford uh, in the last game, but you know they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. They certainly are, yeah. Their form's been a bit of a misreal, to be honest, for about the three Super 8 games up to now. They started off with a 38-6 defeat at Huddersfield, and I mean, we've all watched Huddersfield, haven't we, in the last few weeks, and also in the last few months, actually. They've sort of come into form, haven't they, on the rails, really. So they had, they had a big defeat there. Then they stormed back with the... And then last time out, they were defeated at Castle when Castle went on to take the league leader shield. But, you know, Super League form leading up to the Super 8s, they were sort of win one, lose one, really. So they... They've been a good side this season. They've bounced all year, haven't they? In the top, top sort of four or five all season, to be honest. You know, give credit to, to Chris Chester and, and his side, really, because they, they have been uh, been pretty consistent uh, along with along with, with us as well. So they've been like a sort of a surprise package. But they've got some good players, some talented players, and uh, I'm sure there'll be players we're going to have to look out for on Friday night. Yeah, Andy, obviously, Wakefield are a bit like us, really. Experience this sort of top eight, um, you know, adventure. They've been there before. But, you know, it's up to us to really raise our game in it and, and take them on. 
No, yeah, the uh, opportunity is there. As I said uh, earlier on, if we can um, go fourth, and obviously with uh, Saints and uh, Wigan uh, playing each other, points are going to be dropped there hopefully it's a draw and we can uh, get further up the table it's um, a chance uh, we can take and uh, get further up that table who's you look out for as a danger man uh, in that Wakefield side Paul I think halfbacks I think they're very good in the half that was Sam Williams and Liam Finn and Jacob Miller's always a handful as well so they've sort of got three halfbacks that they tend to use there but I think they're very quick out wide way with Ben John Bishop Lee Slid and Mason Caton Brown we all know how quick he is as well Scott Griggs the fullback's a, a handful and he's in really good form at the moment and they've got quite a good set of forwards haven't they David Fifita playing there and Matty Asher seems to have been, been brilliant from this season you know ex player Asher so he's really punched above his weight this season so I think all, all around they're a good solid team aren't they and I think when you think of teams, Wakefield are one, aren't they? They all sort of play for each other. They've not really got any sort of sort of big standout players, have they? But they've got a really solid side with, with pacing and a rough set of forwards. So I think we're going to have to be on, on, our, on our measure. With, this is the fourth meeting of us in Wakefield this season. They have two league meetings and a Challenge Cup meeting. So uh, it's 2-1 to Wakefield at the moment. So we need to address the balance. Yeah, looking back at that Challenge Cup uh, game, and uh, you know, we, we dominated them, didn't we? Uh, in that game, and hopefully the boys after a week's rest uh, will be up for another, you know, performance like that. Yeah, but hopefully, yeah, it was a good win in the uh, cup. But obviously, um, a reverse in the um, league league game. But obviously, the lads can get on form um, and after in having the uh, rest uh, this last week. Yeah, it's, it's an important game uh, for everyone to get down, Paul. Big crowd, big atmosphere. Boys get fired up. You know, it could be. A good sign for us if we come out firing. Could be a semi-final place in store for us. Yeah, certainly. It's like we've got four games left, Rob, haven't we? Three of them are at home as well. So, obviously, they're going to be tough games. But Wakefield and Huddersfield are games at the start of the season that you probably say, yeah, they're, they're sort of games we're going to tag. Obviously, the Leeds away and St. Helens and over are going to be tough. But to me, you've just got to take each game as it comes now. And we, we've been very low on confidence, as we've said you know, in the podcast, we have been really low on confidence recently with this run of form that we're on, but it only sort of takes one win, but it's to get things back together. And, you know, you look at the way we, we beat Catalan, I keep referring to that Catalan game, the atmosphere that night. If we can sort of recreate that and, and turn Wakefield over, then all of a sudden you, your ball starts rolling again. Then it, then Huddersfield comes to town, you turn them over, you go to Leeds on the back. If we can go to Headingley on the back of two wins, I think we can go there and turn them over, I really do. And then obviously then you've got your St. Helens game and that, that St. Helens game could be, what a day that could be. We could both be going for that top four place. It could be between us and St. Helens. That's what it could come down to. You know, that's how close it is. That's how exciting it is. I mean, as Ian Watson said in his interview, as, as poor as we've been on this run, we're still in there with a great shout of, of the top four, which shows how good we were at the start of the season. So it's a really pivotal night on Friday night. And yeah, I just hope everybody turns up and it's, it's a great night and we can get the picture that... Um, we richly need. Yeah, looking back at the season, and uh, you know we've been spoiled, haven't we? Played some fantastic rugby, finishing the top four, semi-final appearance. You know it shows the club's going in the right direction, and you know a win on Friday gives another boost on it. Yeah, as I said, yeah, it's been a fantastic uh, season. Yes, the lads have uh, hit uh, poor form, but uh, after this rest, they can uh, certainly get back to it. And I've uh, really enjoyed um, the, this season. Yes, it has been difficult at, at times, but it has been really enjoyable. And as for the semi-final, is when I uh, sat by 
that uh, dugout and I looked into that uh, south stand and just saw all the people wearing all the Salford uh, colours, as it included, and it was just like uh, back to uh, watching when I, when I was a kid um, back in the, uh, the 70s uh, watching Salford. Yeah, give us your score prediction, Paul, for the game against uh, Wiki. I've just taken out. I've got my League Express, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I've got me. I've got me score now. I've gone for a uh, gone for a big win, Rob. Thirty-four uh, fourteen to solve. Thirty-four fourteen, big home win coming from Paul. What about you, Andy? Twenty-four eighteen. Twenty-four eighteen. Fairly close, but uh, but we'll we'll get through. Right, I haven't got my bingo balls, have I? So I'm going to have to pick another <laughs> pick oh, another pick another score out the sky. Going to go. Salford, 40, Wakefield, 6, 46. Every time, every time you do these crazy predictions, <laughs> Rob, we always get beat. <laughs> just yeah. go a bit more conservative. Yeah, there's no science behind it, Paul. It's just whatever number comes in the head, really. No, you're plucking from the stars, Rob. Yeah, but the thing is, I have come up close a couple of times. You've had, I've had you sweating a couple of times, so... You have, you have. Well, to be fair, Rob, I mean, if you look back to the, for the Challenge Cup game we played Wakefield... It wasn't far off. I think that was about 34-6, wasn't it? Something mm. 36-6. I mean, they scored really late on. And that try they scored was a knockout, I think, when it was a forward pass. So, uh, if we can dominate Wakefield like we did that night, and I think we've got the players and the firepower to do that, that, that score could be uh, could be replicated. Yeah, I so, saw so all the boys will be fired up and those fans will be fired up too. And one big win and the wheels start turning again, don't they, Andy? Yes, they say it's just that one uh, big um, victory again and uh, off we go. We've got like two um, home games now which are definitely uh, winnable. We can get uh, back on the uh, back on the wagons uh, so first uh, speak and head towards that uh, uh, top four and just say is um, let's get all down there and uh, support the lads. Yeah, big thanks for tuning in to this week's Devon Detail podcast. Big thanks Andy for coming on and talking all things Salford Red Devils and the Red Zapper yeah, thank you. Cheers, Paul. Another great show. Yeah, really enjoyed it, Rob. And like I said, if you can get down to Salford Friday night, make sure you're down there because it's going to be a really good night. And I think the lads really, really need the support this week, don't they, more than ever? Yeah. So big thanks to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. a day. Live. Radio Contact.